This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Let's give our young people a round of applause. We appreciate them. They're on their way. <clears throat> I'm calling an audible. In football, it's an audible. In other words, we're changing the play. Okay? And then uh, sometimes when they play baseball, they do change up, and we're doing that too. Open your Bibles. We're going to get after it. Is that all right with you? It really doesn't matter because this is how slow I'm going to do. You know, when I get to drive, you know, my wife, she likes to be in control. And uh, she'll tell me what lane I'm supposed to be in. How many men you have women that tell you what lane they're supposed to be in? Yeah. Huh? Good. uh, Wrong place to start. Is that what you're saying? Okay. I know. Yeah. And then, and then she tells me, she says, well, you know what I usually do, I, I finally just keep quiet, and then when you miss where you're supposed to be, then I politely tell you. And she really enjoys that part. You know, but we eventually get there. No, can none of you relate to this? Am I the only one in the room? No, okay, well. All right, look at this verse of Scripture with me in Jeremiah um, chapter... Uh, Where are we going? Daniel. That's right, Daniel. Daniel chapter 11. There we go. Can you all find that in your Bibles or on your device? Hallelujah. We're going to uh, take one verse of Scripture and then we're going to... Now, I want you to listen. If you came in here and you you haven't been caffeinated enough, you're in trouble. Okay? And for the rest of you, I want you to hang on because we're going to go for it. All right? I just have a little bit of time to unload a whole lot of stuff. And so if you've never been here before, you may walk away from the service today and say, wow, we have seen strange things today. But I tell you, I'm excited about our future as believers. And I tell you what, praise God, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be sad about. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming again. And when he comes, he's going to find a church that is on fire, that's been watching, waiting, and looking for the master. Glory to God forevermore. And that's going to be us. I said, that's going to be us. You say, well, I don't know nothing about this. Well, just hang on and you will. Because I'm telling you what, praise God, we're living in the last days. So, so listen fast. Well, yeah, I got six pages of notes. And that... Well, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. <laughs> and, but I, I, uh, I want to give you everything I can today, praise God. Just want to do the very best that I can to help you and bless you. And uh, I believe in God for revelation knowledge, for people to, to, you know, the aha kind of moments in your life that you need. And not only that, but just revelation about your own life. Sometimes we get so fixated on things, we're, we're missing the forest for the trees. We're not recognizing what it is that Christ has done for us in our behalf, the place he's put us in, and what it is that we can do about it. Hallelujah. And so I need to pray quick and get started. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you today. For this time we have together, we look to you, Father. We thank you for your gifting, your anointing, your grace. And Father, not only that, but we know that we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to believe. 
And Father, as we come together in the name of Jesus, Father, we realize that we're not here by coincidence. We are here by divine design. And so I want to thank you, Father, for your grace in every one of our lives as we look into your eternal word, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Daniel chapter 11, verse uh, 32, one verse of Scripture. It says, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he, uh, the king of that day, corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God, everybody say, I know him. The people that do know their God shall be strong. Everybody say, I am strong. The people that do know their God shall be strong and, the King James says, do exploits. One translation says, shall stand firm and take action. Hallelujah. How many of you know God is on the move? That means you should be on the move. God is never static. Faith is never static. It's always moving. Another translation says, will be strong and resist him. Now, we don't have time to unpack the, the, the context of all of that, but, you know, we're continuing this series that Pastor Brian started last week on Stronger. How many of you know God wants us to be strong? Amen. And uh, we're asking the question, what is it that makes the child of God stronger? What is it that helps us in that uh, regard? And so I'm going to talk to you today about two things that will help you as far as being stronger, and that is the need to grow in the knowledge of God, which Pastor Brian actually unpacked a little uh, quite well last week, but I'm gonna expound on it. To grow in the, the need to grow in the knowledge of God. God does not bless ignorance. He said, my people end up being destroyed for what they don't know or a lack of knowledge. So growing in your knowledge of God probably is the most, it's the hugest thing of all. It really is. And then the other thing I want to talk to you about is vision, or in other words, seeing from God's perspective, and and just asking a simple question, what do you see? You know, how do you see? Because I'll tell you this much about it, it's kind of important. You know, when Caleb, you know, and Joshua were going to go into the promised land, and they came back with the other 10 uh, spies that looked at the land, you know, the, the Bible says that the 10 brought up an evil Report. What was evil about it? Well, it was evil because it was full of doubt and unbelief. But the Bible says that Caleb stood up and stilled the people because he recognized that these 10 guys were making the heart of the rest of this uh, nation of Israel melt. In other words, they were taking all the life, the faith, and you know, uh, strength and courage out of them. And he said, let us go up at once for or because we are well able. Now, you got to know that he was looking at something different than everybody else. At least he and Joshua were. Are you with me? Okay? So it's important for us to see things the way God says. Now, the scripture, the, the, the text that Pastor Brian used last week was uh, when the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6 said, be strong in the Lord. Now, how many of you know he'd never ask you to do something you can't do? How about the rest of you? What do you think? Okay. No, he would never ask you to do something you can't do. So he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then it went on to talk about putting on the whole armor of God. So Pastor Brian had mentioned the fact that God, God is strong. Woo! Glory to God is he strong. Hallelujah. I mean, beyond your comprehension, strong. 
Glory to God. He is God, and there is no one like him. So he is strong. And he went on to say that he wants you, you to be strong. Not weak, strong. Strong in the Lord. We got a lot of weak Christians. You say, well, how come that is? Well, that's why I'm talking to you today. I'm trying to help you understand why they're weak. And yet God doesn't want us to be weak. So he mentioned, Pastor Brian mentioned, that God's strong. He wants us to be strong. I want to take it another step further to say that not only is God strong, but listen, 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 he has made you strong. Not going to. He already has. We just, we haven't discovered, we haven't figured it out. You know, when it comes to sin or wrongdoing or living wrong or whatever, he's already made provision, praise God, for you to overcome. You know, a lot of times folks will say, well, I don't feel very strong. Well, since then, when did we walk by the way we feel? If you walk by your feelings, you'll never get anywhere. Huh? Well, just go take a nap and call it good. Well, I don't feel very strong. I don't act very strong. It just doesn't seem like I'm very strong. And that's what we talk about, how weak we are instead of how strong we are. A lot of times, you know, people say, well, I'm weak. I just, I just can't say no. Well, that's not true. You just didn't say no. Thanks for your enthusiasm. You know, I just can't say no. I can't stand up to what's going on in my life. Nothing could be further from the truth if you're a child of the living God. The Bible says in Joel chapter 3 and 10, it says, let the weak say, I am I am what? Let the weak say, I am strong. Not in the context of your ability, but his. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we know what you can't do, huh? But thank God we've got him. And the new birth is what's changed all of that. How many born again believers do we have in the house today? Let me see your hand. Well, listen, if you're a child of the living God, you're in. And you can be strong. Look at this verse of Scripture here in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. Paul's praying. He said, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, don't cease to pray for you. Now listen, and to ask that you may be filled with what? The knowledge of his will. God wants you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, I don't know if it's so much true these days, but a lot of people, you know, they've said, you know, that, you know, God is a mysterious, you know, being and we don't know everything. But thank God we've got his book. I said, we've got a love letter that he sent to us and said, hey, read this. This is my heart. This is my desire. This is my plan. This is what I want to have happen to you. And when Paul was praying, he prayed, hey, my prayer is that you'll get filled with the knowledge of God. He wants you to know his will. He wants you to know his plan. Now, notice it goes on then to say that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will and wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then, of course, to walk worthy of the Lord. Notice verse 11. Strengthened. I said strengthened. I said strengthened. Everybody say, I'm strong. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience or endurance. And then it goes on to say, uh, uh, and long-suffering with, what's that last word? Joy. 
Joy, glory to God. You need to get some joy in your tank because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You say, well, how do I get that joy? Well, you got to see things the way he sees them. So I ask you again, what is it that you're looking at? How is it that you're viewing life? Well, I mean, have you read the papers lately? No. There ain't nothing in there you want to read anyway. Have you heard the news? No. Ain't going to tell you nothing. You know, the evening news, they'll have, uh, oh, 23 minutes of junk. And then they'll have a 30-second blurb about something good and say, goodbye, have a great week. That's not where you get your, your, the formation of your being in your life from. You get it from here. Are you listening to me? Now, in the other uh, New Living Translation, verse 9 here says, so we have stopped praying, or no, we have not stopped praying for you (laughs) since the day we heard about you. And we ask God to give you complete knowledge, listen, of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And all the while, woo, look at this. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. You know, I I know my wife pretty well. Why? Because I've been with her for over 50 years. Now, we haven't been married that long, but we've been around a long time together. Are you with me? Did you know that my wife, she loves roast beef sandwiches? Huh? On toast. White bread on toast, butter, and some lettuce. Sets her free. (laughs) You you didn't know that. And did you know that she loves turtle pecan blizzards? (laughs) I got a witness there. But she's pretty tempered about that part, as you know we need to be. But you wouldn't know that about her. Why? Because you haven't been around her. But I have, and I know her really well. Are you listening to me? And the same thing's true for the child of God in your relationship with God. Dude, if you don't hang out with him, you're not going to know him. You say, well, how in the world do you do that? Through the book and in prayer. And let him show you and reveal to you who he is, his nature, his character, his will, his plan for your life. But most people don't do that. They ain't got time. You know, they're going to come on Sunday morning, listen to the preacher, hopefully they get a good word, and then they're going to go do whatever it is they do. That's not the way that you build a relationship with someone. He ought to be your best friend. Am I in the right house? Well, again, the only, t- the only way that that's ever going to happen from a practical standpoint is, is that you have to spend time with him. It goes on then to say in verse 11, and we also pray that you will be strengthened. You will be strengthened. You will be strengthened. Every time you come here, whether you realize it or not, you're being strengthened through the power of the living God. Are you with me? Now, sometimes, because we don't believe that or we're not cognizant or or conscious of that, whatever it is that we're dealing with in life is so overwhelming and so dominating within our life, it crowds the truth out and we don't really receive anything. But I'm telling you what, my friends, he has given you his power. 
And you need to know that it's on the inside of you. And praise God, you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. So he says, we'll pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you'll have endurance and patience, all that you need, and that you may be filled with joy. Everybody say it together again. I have his power. power. Say it one more time. Now think about what you're saying and say it one more time. You have his power. And the other thing you need to understand is God wants you to know. Okay? Some people are like, well, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm just waiting on God, you know, and I just don't know. Maybe he doesn't want me to know. God wants you to know about your life, what it is that's going on, why it is. You know, people say all the time, well, how come they this? How come they that? How come they didn't live? How come they died? How come they're this? How come they're that? Well, there's all kinds of reasons. You know, and a lot of times what we'll do is, is we'll just come to some conclusion like, well, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe God and all of his wisdoms doing this, that, and the other. Dude, that is just a bunch of junk. There is always a reason. Now, we may not know why, but, we, but there's a reason. And I suppose when we get to heaven, a lot of it, we won't care. Are you listening to me? But So we can't just say, well, you know, I don't know. He wants us, he wants you to know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, just stay with the plan, Mike. <clears throat> that might be his plan. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you, you know a lot more than you think. He wants you to know. And you know a lot more than what you think because he dwells on the inside of you. Now, again, it might be buried in all kind of messed upness and stuff that you're dealing with and anxieties and all kinds of trouble and different things. There's a lot of you in here that you've taken the trouble of other people and it's not even yours to bear. It's not even your responsibility. If you ever get a chance, you should listen to uh, Joyce Myers. Um, um, huh? L- Raising Lazarus from the dead. And, and listen to the episode. Powerful. Super powerful. She talks about her brother who died um, early, prematurely who was a drug user and had all kinds of problems and, and uh, you know, and came back, well, called him. He was in Arizona or something like that and called him and, and so David took the phone and, and got him back home and they lived with Joyce and Dave for four years. And he got his, he was drugs and alcohol, he was just a mess. Got him all fixed up, got, a, got him a vehicle, a job, all these different kinds of things and so on and so forth. Well. He's living with him for four years, and he's an adult now, okay? But so they finally decide, you know, you need to be out, you know, go do life. It's time. So away he went, and in three months, he was right back. He ended up with a girl, wrong girl probably. You know, some girls aren't, aren't good to be with, and some guys aren't good to be with. Thanks for your enthusiasm, but it is true. Be careful who you choose. Who are you hitching your wagon to? Yeah, but I'm lonely. Be lonely. 
Are you with me? Well, so anyway, in three months, he's right back where he was. So as long as he was in the environment with them, you know, a controlled environment, he was okay. But he, and, and at the end of the day, you guys, you ready for this? It's about taking responsibility for your own life. And we've got multitudes of people, boys, girls, young boys, young girls, they don't want to take responsibility for their life. And so we're helping them and we're enabling them, really. And that's exactly what's going on. So they just said, well, that's it. And so he was gone, disappeared for two years, and then he resurfaced. I need help. And Joyce said, um, I ain't doing that again. And, and her whole point was, I got enough going on trying to get my own life straightened out. This woman has broadcast over two-thirds of the world in a hundred different nations. And you talk, about a, you talk about God doing something supernatural. She is that. So anyway, she's talking about this. She said, no, I, you know, we went through this whole thing. So what they did is they got, her, got him into the Dream Center, you know, Tommy Barnett's deal out in, in uh, Los Angeles. And he got in there, got himself all straightened up and everything like that. They gave him a job. He, was, he had some plumbing skills, so they had him, you know, working there and different things of that nature. And finally, he, he came up to him and he said, you know what, I appreciate what you're doing, I, you know, and what you've done for me, so on and so forth, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do that. And so um, off he goes. And in two years, he took his life. It's a bummer. But I'm telling you, it didn't have to be that way. So when it comes to our personal lives, God has done something phenomenal in sending his son, the Lord Jesus, to redeem you from the control or slavery of sin. And you, my friend, have been given power to be able to walk a life and do life the way that God wants you to do it. Can you say amen? amen. So you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. You know, I remember uh, the late uh, uh, John Osteen, he preached a message, how big is your want to? And I tell you what, man, it is a powerful message because you gotta have some want to. Are you with me? And you can't blame everybody else because you don't have it. Wow, we are really getting sidetracked today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? So, you know, I, I started all this to simply say that we take on responsibility for others and it, it ruins your life. It messes you up. It, co it steals your joy. You say, yeah, but how do, you, how do you process that? You say, God, I'm praying for them. And I'm believing you that you will intervene and that, God, you'll send laborers into their paths. But I am casting my care of all of this on you, and you can take care of it. <clears throat> now, the outcome may not be what you desire, but here's the deal. You can't make anybody do anything. Are you with me? So why should your life be messed up because of them? Am I in the right house? People would say, well, you just don't care. That's not very loving. Well, let me, let, let's define what love is. Is love telling someone the truth or is love enabling them to be able to continue doing their dirt and causing problems for everybody else? Am I in the right house? Now, that's the culture that we're living in, that that's what we're supposed to do, but that's not the way it works. 
Huh? What do you think about all the nation of Israel? When the 12 spies came back, they gave their report, and all of a sudden they said, we can't do this. And then God said, you know what? That's it. We're done. You know, you don't, you don't call time out when God says, that's it. Okay? And that's exactly what they did. They said, okay, okay, okay. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go. He said, don't go, man. There ain't no grace, no bless, no nothing on you. You go up there, and you'll get your tail in handed to you. Huh? And what ended up happening? They died in the wilderness. Was that the will of God? No. It was not. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones. This is tough kind of talk, but praise God, I'm telling you what, man, we're living in the last days, and there ain't no use of us mamby-pammying around here because we don't have a lot of time. Come on, let's get up on the front end of this thing, and let's start doing what it is that God's called us to do. Are you listening to me? You know, it isn't that I'm not for everyone because I am, baby. I'm a winner and I want you to win. But the way that we win is that we all, you know, harness up and get up into the yoke and we pull our weight. Are you with me? Husbands, you got to do it. Wives, you got to do it. Why? Because there's so much at stake. Are you listening to me? I went back to the gym. I don't like the gym for a lot of different reasons. <clears throat> but all the time I know in my heart that you can't violate natural law and end up with a good result. And I'm getting heavier. Okay? Why? Because I like to eat. How many of you like to eat? Okay? But I know all the time that if I don't start getting something changed, <clears throat> I'm going to go to the doctor, and he's going to say, uh, dun, 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 and you need to, dun, dun, and well, basically, they throw pills at you, yeah. Yeah. okay? <clears throat> and thank God for the pills. I mean, you know, at least it helps some prolonged things, but at the end of the day, that's not God's best. God's best is <clears throat> change your portions and eat the right stuff. Thanks for your excitement. I told you I didn't like to go to the gym. But you know, there's mornings and I don't want to go to the gym. But you know, not going to the gym is not an option. I said it's not an option. When it comes to your life, when you talk about your marriage, bailing is not an option. That went over big. Let me say that one more time. When it comes to your marriage and you're having challenges and difficulty, I said bailing is not an option. If you allow it to be, it'll make sure it shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! How am I doing? Great. great. He says great. That's all I need to know. <clears throat> you know a whole lot more than what you think. You got what you need. Well, God, I'm just waiting for you to just talk to me. And he's probably been talking to you forever. You know? Do the right thing. Burn the bridge. Are you with me? Get, get rid of your flaky, funky friends. They ain't helping you. Joyce's brother, that's exactly, he went right back to the mess and it cost him his life. Yeah, but they're my friends. They're not your friends if they're helping you to destroy your life. Wake up. 
Now, I know that this is not really a social gospel of 10 minutes and then you can go home. This is life. This is what we're talking about. You want a better life? You can have one. I said, your life can change. A lot of people, you know, they say, well, my life will never change. That's because that's what you believe. Your life can change. You can do life different. Are you with me? Oh, no, I'm bound by this. I'm bound by that. I'm bound by the other thing. Listen, dude, you, you, you got to get your head screwed on straight. The Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, said, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, you may have to put away some things and get rid of some stuff and do some things differently. Change your BAD habits to GOOD habits. Like I said, I don't like to get up. I don't like to go to the gym. But I go. Why? Because I don't want to be decrepited. I don't want to be taking all kinds of drugs. I don't want to be, you know, my quality of life jacked, you know, when I'm 95 years old. I still want to be going. But that ain't going to happen unless I'm doing what I do. And she stops feeding me. (laughs) That's not really the problem. You know, it's like, like I got this inspired idea and I'm not getting where I probably need to go, but it's okay anyway. You can look into our lives here a little bit. You know, she was, uh, she was already gone out of the house yesterday morning. We were helping Greg and Pam with their relocation and stuff. And so I'm home and I get all inspired. And I thought, man, oh, some chicken wings barbecued on the grill. Man, that would be awesome. So I go out into the, you know, garage there and look down in there and I find the bag, you know, and I bring them into the house and I pour them out there and I'm just thinking, man, this is going to be good, you know. And they were, by the way. And, uh, and so then I'm thinking, then I'm thinking, you know what would really be good with these is some mac and cheese. <laughs> Homemade mac and cheese. Everybody say, I'm really glad you keep going to the gym. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that's what allows you to, you know, have mac and cheese. Okay. And so I said, I called her on the phone. I said, hey, baby, I said, uh, you know, you just got to kind of, you know, slide up there next to her a little bit and say, hey, could you, could you, could you, could you make some mac and cheese? I told her what I was doing. And a long pause on the other, no, no, silence. And she says, yes. That's all I cared about. That's all I wanted. And so sure enough, she comes home and she's tired, but she makes me up some mac and cheese and, and we had barbecued wings. Oh, they were so good, man. If you'd only been there, if you'd have been there, I'd have gave you some. But anyway, they were so good. You say, where are you going with this? I have no idea. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. <laughs> I better look at my notes and see what happens. <laughs> Oh, you know more than you think. That's where we were. Now, here's a great example. Jesus' disciples, he's he's getting ready uh, to, to, to pay the ultimate price and give his life as a ransom for all of us. And he's talking to these disciples. And, and he's trying to help them understand. How many of you know God wants you to understand? But you know, you've got to seek in order to find. 
You gotta knock for the door to get open. You gotta ask so you can receive. And you gotta want it. And I tell you what, if you want it, it'll show up. So he's, he's trying to help them. And in, in this particular, uh, in, in John chapter 14, I think it's verse seven, listen to what Jesus says to these disciples. This is important because I'm telling you, you know a whole lot more than what you think. Sometimes they get past us, but you're smart. Everybody say, I sure am. Yeah, you're smart. And this is what he told him. He said, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. Now listen to this. And from now on, you what? Know him. If you would have known me, you would have known my father. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Did you know that Jesus was the exact representation of the Father? He goes on later to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything you see Jesus doing in the New Testament, that's God. That's the will of God. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. How many of you know today, right now, in this house, God is on your side? He's not against you. He's for you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. But we have an adversary, the devil, that is forever lying on the basis of our current circumstance and saying, see... If God really loved you, then this wouldn't be this way. But what we don't realize is he's the one that's the instigator of most of it. And then he twists it and makes you think that God is the one who is behind it. And he has nothing to do with it whatsoever. Well, I tell you what, we got to get our stuff straight. God's for us. He's on our side. He wants the best for us. And that will never change. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He's always going to be that way. So he went on to say, well, then Philip says, well, hey, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. So listen to what Jesus, I'm talking about the fact you know more than you think. Are you with me? He goes on then and says to him, have I been so long with you and yet have you not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Now listen to this plead. Believe me. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or else at least believe me for the works' sakes or the works themselves. And then he went on then to go on in this same chapter, in chapter 14, as he's talking to him. He's trying to help him. How many of you know he's trying to help us here today? Amen. Praise God. Everybody say, the Lord is on my side. Everybody say, I cannot be defeated. Everybody say, I will not quit. Say, if the Lord be for me. Who can be against me? What can be against me? Yeah, nothing, 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 nothing. So later in the chapter, as he's talking to them, he, he said this, he says, listen, I'm gonna ask the Father. How many of you believe Jesus got his prayers answered? He said, I will pray or ask the Father, and he's gonna give you another comforter, one of the same sort, so that he may abide with you forever. 
ever. And then he went on to say, for he dwelleth with you. They didn't know he dwelt with them. Who's dwelling with me? The Holy Ghost is dwelling with him. He said, for he dwelleth with you and shall, let's see, where are we at here? I'll pray the Father to give you another cup of spirit truth whom the world can't receive because it seems not need to know him. You know him. Here we go. But you know him. I, I, I am sure that they're going, know who? He said, but you know him for he dwells with you and is going to be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. Everybody say it again. I have his power. You've got his power. And that power dwells on the inside of you. And not only that, but you know stuff that you didn't know before. Are you with me? So everybody say it again. I know him. Say this, I have his power. Say this, I have his presence. You got his presence. Glory to God. Now, the Apostle Paul, he says the same thing. He reiterates the same thing. He said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Here's a guy that is set at the feet of Gamaliel. He is an outstanding scholar when it comes to all of this. He's a Pharisee. He knows all this stuff. And he says, all of this that was gained to me, I consider it a pile of rubble. Worthless. You know, you could get taught religion in the world, and religion is nothing more than man coming up with some stupid ideas. Or you can believe the Bible. And Paul said, man, when the light came on, I considered it all loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ the Lord. And he went on then in this same uh, part to say, and my whole desire is that I might know him. Huh? I tell you what, a whole lot of folk need to get hungry to know him. Come on now, don't leave me, all right? We got a little bit of time left. You know, people, they get about, I don't know if I need any more. Come on, shake it down and let's pound her in. We're eating mac and cheese here, baby, come on. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. The, the, The big push for every believer, listen to me, the big push for every believer is 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 should be to know him. Get acquainted with him more. Hallelujah. And the way that you do it is through the Bible. It happens through the Word. Hallelujah. Walk with him in there. And listen, I'll just say this: not Christian television. That's not the way you get to know him. You get entertained, you know, and you can also probably hear a bunch of junk. There's so much junk, you guys. But you know, it's easier. It's so much easier. Turn on the tube, you know, flip it up, and relax. And listen to what? And now I'm not saying that there's not good stuff there, but I'm telling you there's a whole lot less of the good than there is the other. But that's easier. Come on, entertain me, feed me, tell me something. Yeah, I like him because I, I think like he does. Sometimes you need your thinking change. Even like today, some of the things that I have mentioned to you already, it's challenging. You're talking about people taking responsibility for their lives. Some, a lot of folks, they don't like that. Huh? Why? Because it's messing with their deal. So they don't want to hear it. But I tell you what, sometimes that's exactly what we need to hear. Amen? 
Now notice the scripture that we read, the people that do know their God shall be what? They'll be strong. And what are they gonna do? Exploits, or in this case, you know, uh, take hold. See, I said this before, God's not mad at you, man. He's for you. And not only that, he's on your side. He's not condemning you. He doesn't condone sin, but you know, he wants to help you. When I say that, that, when I say that he's on your side and he doesn't condemn you, you know, he doesn't condone wrongdoing. Don't mistake the two. Because if we find a place of repentance and if we surrender and turn, then praise God, he wants to help us. That's your call, you know. But again, thank God you could do it, glory to God. I mean, turn and walk the other way. He has blessed you. He doesn't want you to be without. He, you know, Jesus, the Bible says, took your infirmity, bore your sicknesses. And, and here's a great one. You don't have to be afraid. Not for one more moment do you ever have to be anxious or afraid again. Now, it might come to you, and you know, you know, the devil wants you to worry, but what did the Bible say? It said to cast all of your care onto him. Why? Because he cares for you. I can't tell you how many times when my wife and I are, you know, dealing with stuff in life and whatever, we say, not my circus and not my monkeys. Huh? Why? Because the devil wants to throw all this stuff on you, and it's not for you to bear. I, I can't change people's attitudes. I can't change, well, I'll do my best to change their thinking, but you, you understand where I'm coming from. You know, people want to be mad at me. That's their choice, but I ain't going to be mad at them. That's my choice. Huh? Am I in the right house? Okay. It's important for us to understand. So here, real quick, let's talk about vision. Okay. Now, we've just been talking about knowledge. Now we're going to talk about vision. Are you with me? I have a question for you. What is it that you see? Okay, I could probably sit down and I can talk to you for eh, 15, 20 minutes and I could probably figure out what, what you see. Okay? How do you, how do you see it? What, what, you know, uh, what should I know? Uh, what should I be looking at? These are good questions. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's look at a contemporary. How many of you know that history has a way of kind of uh, repeating itself? You all still with me? Turn to your neighbor and say, stay awake. Yeah. And, and then tell them, stop thinking about lunch. Yeah. Mac and cheese. Yeah, no kidding. It's, it's just wild, you guys, how history really does have a way of repeating itself. God is dealing with, he's been dealing with people for 6,000 years, you know, starting with Adam and all of that, you know, and, and, and uh, his fall, and then all of a sudden he immediately begins this process to get a, 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 a redeemer into the world, and finally Jesus comes and gives his life 4,000 years later. And that's the other thing about the Bible. You know, we, we are so finite in our thinking you know, that we're thinking like in 10 days. Dude, we're talking hundreds of years. When, when these prophets are prophesying about what it is that's gonna happen and when it's gonna come to pass, it's not tomorrow, you know? 
I mean, it's just like the disciples. They thought, well, you know, Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And, you know, he stuck around for, uh, well, he appeared to him for about 40 days, you know, and different things like that. And then he was taken up. Everybody say taken up. And he said, and, and the angels, they said, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, he's going to come in like manner as you've seen him go. Well, they probably thought, okay, maybe that's next week. Well, guess what? We're 2,000 years down the road, and he still hadn't showed up. But that's what they thought. So how do you think? What do you see? How do you see? Because he told us he's coming again. Huh? And we know that it's nearer now than when we first believed. No man knows the hour or the day, but we can get kind of close. And there's a whole lot of shaking going on right now, which is indicative of the fact that he's got to be standing at the threshold. But that threshold could be 10 years away, or it could be four years away, or two. And so, you know, everybody's going, my God, I can't wait another 10 years. About all I got to, he said, occupy till I come. So you can. But we, we don't think in those terms. So here's Jeremiah. And he's living in a pretty decadent, messed up world where Israel is concerned, and God calls him to be a prophet. And he says, wrong guy. You know, anybody that gets these assignments, they, they think, Man, you got the wrong guy. Go get, you know, let, let Jim do it. You know, he's, he's, he's all over the place or whatever, you know. No, and he'll just say, no, this is your deal. And so he, he calls Jeremiah in, in about, I, I think his ministry started around 627 B.C. You say, man, I'm going tilt already. Well, you got to realize that by, before, by 605, less than 25 years after he prophesies, uh, this king, can't remember his name, the Fourth or whatever his name was, comes down, routes Jerusalem, wrecks everything, takes Daniel and all his three friends into exile. They come from Babylon, you know, and, and Nebuchadnezzar come down. That's who it was. He comes down 23 or four years later and does exactly what this guy says is going to happen. But we don't think in those terms. And you say, well, why are you bringing all of this up? It's for one simple reason. Jesus said, I'm coming again. And it doesn't make any difference when that happens. You and I are going to posture ourselves in a place to do what he asked us to do. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not will be condemned. And these signs are going to follow you. In my name, you'll cast out devils. You'll lay hands on the sick. You'll do all of these things and they will recover. That's you. You say, no, I thought that was for the minister. No, it's you. Are you a believer? These signs will follow them that believe. believe. So what we're going to do is we're going to do what he asks us to do until he comes. You say, I can't wait that long. You can wait as long as you need to. If you're the ten virgins, you want to be the smart five. Huh? Get yourself some extra oil. Spend a little time with God and fill up your lamp. You know, let's, 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 let's get ourselves in a position where we're strong in the Lord. 
And yet we're not going to compromise. We're not going to be ashamed. We're not going to back down. We're not going to be silent. We're going to speak the word of God, the truth of God's word in love. Are you with me? People need to know, man, you're messed up. You need Jesus. Because there are a lot of messed up folk. Huh? Some of this stuff you can't make up. Okay, did you find Jeremiah 1? Look at this. The words of Jeremiah, the son of uh, this guy, Hilkiah, of the priests that were of uh, Anathoth, I guess, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came uh, in the days of Josiah, and he was a good king, by the way, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. So there's an exact time when this word comes to him. And Jeremiah is there in verse 3, and it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Joash, the king of Judah, unto the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah. And I know you're thinking to myself, what difference does it make? Well, uh, it's recorded. Let's put it that way. So anyway, verse 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. And then I said, uh, Lord, <laughs> I can't talk. I'm a child. You know what that is? He's, he's looking for an out. Okay? Verse 7, but the Lord said to me, don't say I'm a child. You know, some of us, we say, well, I'm so weak. You're not weak. You're strong. Are you listening to me? He said, don't say I'm a child, for you're going to go to all that I shall send you, and whatever I command you, thou shalt speak. Don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver you, says the Lord. And then the Lord put forth his hand, and he touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down to build and to plant. Woo! What a deal. Now realize the environment. I, I would say that he probably, it, it, was, it could have been worse, but it might be like what we got going on right now. You know, lots of stupid people doing lots of stupid things. Huh? And that's kind of being polite. You know? Decadent. You know, there's so much, you know, the, 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 the sexuality and the perversion and the immorality that's being pushed down people's throats right now, it's from hell. Are you listening to me? We're living in this mess just like this guy was, and, and God says, I'm going to make you a prophet, I'm going to put my words in your mouth, and you're going to speak. Now, that's not a real popular place to be, but yet, thank God, he obeyed God. Can you say Amen. Now, notice what it is that God shows him in verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, and this is King James, I see a rod or a branch of an almond tree. Now, that may not make much sense to you and me, but let me help you unpack that a little bit. The almond tree is the first to bud, Okay. And the truth of the matter is, is when it's budding, everything else looks like it's dead or dormant. And so another way that you could, tra you could translate this is he said, I see the branch of an awake tree. Now notice it goes on then to say in verse 12, he said, thou hast well seen, he said, for I will hasten my word 
to perform it. So what are, we, what are we supposed to extract from this? When you're in an environment and culture like what it is that we're living in and everything looks dead and that, you know, somehow or another God's word isn't really getting across to anybody and everybody seems to be going out the door instead of in the door of the church, he said, this is exactly what I'm talking about. My living word, praise God, I watch over it and I will perform it. I am coming again and I will do my works and I will accomplish my will and I will set the captive free. And all you need to know is do what it is I told you, praise God, and I'll see to it that you are one that is helping to reap the harvest in the last days, and God himself will be the one that gets the glory. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So this guy had this vision from heaven, and he went about and he did it. And like I said, <clears throat> 23 years later, he's preaching. And, and here's the thing, you guys. A lot of times you preach and you don't see any results. Man, I talk to them. I love them. I prayed for them. You know, they don't seem to be moving. It's like they're dormant. They're, it's like they're dead. Are you with me? This guy's preaching with no apparent. I think uh, uh, if you read historically, he only had two converts. He had a scribe and he had some other guy. And that's the only ones that believed him. Now, you talk about discouragement, huh? And yet he did what God said. So what's that mean to you and me? I don't care if people say, well, where is the sign of his coming? Everything continues on as it's always been. I don't think I believe any of that. I'm just going to go live my life, live in the world, live in the dirt, do all my junk, you know, whatever. No, I'm not doing that. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to stay on fire. I'm going to live for Jesus, and I'm going to wait until he comes. And when he shows up in the temple, I'm going to be there like, like uh, what's that, Anna and Simeon. Hallelujah. And I'm going to rejoice and be full of joy. Glory to God. And so are you. Why? Because you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How many of you believe the gospel today? Well, glory to God, then let's rejoice. Hallelujah. You say, yeah, but you don't know about my current circumstance. Nope. I don't. But he does. And I'm telling you what, praise God, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And I tell you what, he will take care of his own. Are you listening to me? So Jesus is coming again. And every child of God, I'm trying to close. You know, listen, your future is bright, you guys. I don't care what you say or think. Jesus is coming to catch away his bride those that are born of the Spirit of God, and you're one of them. You say, yeah, but my 401 and my this and my that and the whatever, who gives a rip, dude? It's going to burn up anyway. You say, I care because it impacts my life. Listen, since when did God say, hey, if you obey me, I'm just going to let you suffer, and I'll just you know, hang you out there, and I hope you can do your best. You read that any place in the Bible? I don't. I read, praise God. He said, it doesn't make any difference what happens. I'll take care of you. Thanks for your excitement. That went over really big. I got like four amens out of that deal. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You have to understand that our future exists beyond this world. Yours does. And if you put your trust in what's going on here, dude, you're going to be disappointed. And God doesn't want you to be. But he'll take care of you if you'll believe him. The Bible says... Seeing that we are encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Who's that? It's the people that have gone before you. 
It's our moms and our dads, our grandpas and grandpas that believed God and, and trusted him and went to heaven. That's your reward. That's what you have to look forward to. And since we're encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that would so easily disqualify us and let us run this race that's in front of us with endurance, huh? With patience. Are you listening to me? Let's run it with endurance. I'm in. I'm staying in. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be a testimony uh, uh, to Jesus, not the world. I'm not going to have one, you know, foot in the world and one foot in the church. That doesn't work. Most of the time when you got feet on either side of the fence, your britches get ripped out. Mind the right house. So since we're in compass, let us lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets us. Let us run with patience the race that is for us. How, pastor? Looking unto Jesus. He was our example, wasn't he? Who, for the joy that was before him. That joy was not in this world, you guys. He went to the cross, bled and died at the hands of the Romans. He lost and gave his life so that you and I could live. But there was something that he was looking at beyond this natural life. And I tell you what, you need to be looking beyond what it is that's going on right here because it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured whatever mess that he was having to deal with, endured the cross, despising the shame, and now, guess what? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Huh? Now he goes on to say, so consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you become weary and want to give up and faint and, and in your mind. Don't do it! I'm telling you, don't do it! I said, don't ever do it! You make sure, praise God, that you stay where you belong. Don't listen to the world and don't listen to weak Christians. There's so many weak Christians are out. You know, they're not even in the church. They got their own deal. Listen, dude, it, it, I, you ready? Pastor Brian could fix this later. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, man, you know, we got people, they can't find a church to attend. Why? Because for whatever reason, they don't like it. And so what do they do? Nothing. And most of the time, they're critical, they're cynical, and they talk about the church, they talk about the pastor, they talk about the preachers, they talk about the people, they, you know, they're judging, they're doing all this stuff. Dude, they're, they're backslidden, and they're carnal. And God do, does not, can you fix this? Okay. And, and you know, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to do whatever it is I do. I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Why? Because I don't want you to be like one of them. Don't go home and rotisserate my wife and I, you know, because of whatever it is that you don't like about us. You don't know us. You know she likes roast beef sandwiches, but that's about it. Are you with me? We're not in the judging business, and yet we got all kinds of Christians, by golly, they have become an authority. Huh? 
Somebody needs to take them outside, back behind the barn someplace, tie them up to a tree and pray for them. <laughs> they need prayer, man. There's no way to live. There's no joy in that. Man, I'm telling you guys, listen, we are living in the last days and we belong in the church engaged. Talking to our neighbors, you know, serving in the church. Do, I mean, having our hand to something. Well, you know, I've already done that. Let somebody else do it. What kind of an attitude is that? Uh-oh, they're starting to play music. <laughs> That's like... Um, No, you're all right, Linda. Bless you. Amen. Look at one more verse of Scripture while she plays. Turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to do better. I said we're going to do better. We're going to rise up. Hallelujah. We're going to strengthen our resolve as believers. You know, we need to get a little salty, huh? If the salt's lost its savor, then it really isn't good for much, and we throw it out and get some new stuff. Well, that's why you're here today. We're getting salty, huh? Notice this verse of Scripture. This is uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Notice, I'm reading from the King James uh, Version. It says in verse 14, for here... We have no, the King James uses the word continuing. Some of your Bible translations will say lasting city. So, so for here we have no continuing or lasting city, but we seek one to come. We're looking for him. Are you listening to me? The NLT says it this way. For this world is not our permanent home. Aren't you glad for that? You say, well, I've never, you know, that's, that's a new thought to me. It's not your permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. You know what it's like when you're getting ready to go on vacation? Get ready to take a trip? You know, nobody, when they're going on vacation, are moping around. Oh, my God, we're going to get to go see something we've never seen before. We're going to be able to spend time. We won't have to go to work. We can just cash out. We can take a nap, lay on the beach. It's just going to be such a bummer. You ever see anybody like that? No, they're not doing that. They're going, oh, man, we could do this and this and this, and they got all this and that and the other, and we can't forget this, and let's make sure. And so they start packing, and they're anticipating. They're looking forward to what? Taking a trip. Well, listen, guys, we're taking a trip. Are you with me? So don't go out there. You know, some people say, I don't care. All I need is my Speedo. Well, you know, maybe there's a few other things you want to have with you when you go. Are you with me? Look at this real quick. Back up to the 11th chapter and, and notice something that it tells us about. And, and what's this doing? It's, it's exhorting you and I. It's encouraging us. Look at this verse of Scripture here with me. Real quick in verse 8 of the 11th chapter. <clears throat> By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Guess what? We've been called. 
and we're going to receive an inheritance. And there is a reward that is awaiting us, and we need to obey. Can you say amen? It goes on then to say, and he went out not knowing where he was going. We don't know when he's coming back, but he's coming. And then it went on to say, and by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, right like what we're doing right here right now, as strangers in a country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. Now look, for he looked for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is who? God. Now notice the 16th verse. But now... They desire a better country that, you know, well, let's back up to 15. It'll make more sense. For truly, if people had been mindful of the country that they had come from, they might have had an opportunity to return. Dude, you're not going back to the world. Did you hear me? God delivered you and brought you out of that, and you're not going back. Remember Lot's wife. She turned around, dude. You're not turning around. Because God's got a plan for you, and it is a good one. And so it goes on then to say in verse 16, Now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Amen. Don't tell me your future's not bright. Don't tell me you can't have joy. I know, I know it's hard maybe for you to get your head wrapped around this idea, but I'm telling you what, Jesus is going to come and he is going to take the church home. And we're going to sit down and we're going to eat mac and cheese, baby, like you ain't never had it before. Are you listening to me? But in the meanwhile, you and I, we're going to believe God and we're going to stay strong. We're going to be strong in the Lord. You know, when, you're, when your family is coming against your faith, man, praise God, stand up and say, listen, I don't care what you say. I believe in the living God, and we're going to ask for me and my house, this thing here, we're serving God. Because there's a lot of people that have been hoodwinked and flipped over and all kinds of messed upness in their lives because they listened to family members that didn't love God, know God, serve God, or have anything to do with God. Well, we're, we're done with that because our citizenship is in heaven. Huh? And that's the city that we're going to. Can you say amen? So I tell you, dear friend, listen to me. If you're discouraged, I want you to take heart. You know, I want you to strengthen your resolve. If there's stuff you've been battling with and fighting with, praise God today, right now. This place, this house, where we are, this is where it ends. This is where it stops. This is where we start rejoicing. This is where we start declaring that God is bigger than any problem that I will ever have. And I'm going to trust in him and he's going to make sure to, to get her done. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Stand on your feet. You've been sitting there a long time. Hallelujah. Come on, let's rejoice in the goodness of God here this morning. Think about your lives. Think about what's going on. Think about the challenges that you have. Some of this stuff, listen, I'm telling you right now, listen, I'm telling you, if you'll listen to what it is that I'm telling you right now, God can change your whole perspective about what's going on in your life. You got family members that you're, you've been carrying them and carrying the weight of what it is that's going on in their lives. Listen, today is the day for you to get set free. It's time for you to be free. And I, I'm not saying that you don't care about them because you do. But you're not going to take the care of what it is that's going on in that situation. You're going to give it to him. 
And we're going to rejoice and stay full of joy. Are you listening to me? How many of you want to do that? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for this, this group of people, people that are watching online, Father. This is a defining moment for all of us, Lord. This is a time, praise God, when we can, as it were, drive a stake in the ground and say, we're done with anxiety, worry, and care. This is a time in our lives when we can say, Lord, I'm casting all my care over onto you because I know you care for me and you care for the people that I love. And so, Father, I thank you right now for working supernaturally within their lives, again, sending laborers into their path, bringing about circumstances that bring them to a place of repentance and causing them to turn their lives over to you and surrender all of their heart, soul, and mind so that, Father, they can really have life and life more abundant. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you're here this morning, you've been carrying an unnecessary weight within your life. I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in a prayer. And, and you just have to say, Lord, I'm, I'm that person and I, I want to be set free. Let me see your hand wherever you're at. All right. Very good. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Many, 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 many. How many? Anybody else? The Bible says that today is the day of salvation or deliverance and now is the accepted time. This is it right here. Praise God for us to be set free. Anyone else before we pray? All right, thank you, ma'am. Bless you, you can put your hand down when you're done. Anybody else? All right, sir, thank you, bless you. This is where we live, this is, this is, this is a powerful, powerful, powerful moment. Now, while heads are still bowed, eyes are closed, I wanna ask you an important question. You may be standing there, but you never really have ever made a personal decision to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, I don't, I don't know anything about your background. I don't know where it is that you've come from, but at the end of the day, I'm just asking that I, I wanna invite you to surrender, and that's what it requires. I want you to surrender all of your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You say, well, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Yes, it is, but it's also a big deal that we're talking about eternal life and going to heaven. So if you're here this morning, while every head's bowed, eyes closed, you're here this morning and you by your uplifted hand say, Pastor, I have an interest in your prayer. I want to surrender my heart entirely to him. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look across this crowd? Anyone at all? Father, I pray for those that are here today that may not know you. And God, I pray that, that in their future, immediate future, that you'll deal with them, you'll talk with them, that they'll seek someone out that knows the truth and come to a place of repentance and ask you to be the Lord of their life. And I thank you for it. For those of you that raise your hand about anxiety, follow me in this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I lay this care this worry and this fear at your feet. This anxiety has no more hold over me. And in the name of Jesus, I receive what you provided and I declare that I am free. Thank you, Lord, for working in my behalf 
and in the behalf of others to bring about your will and your plan for their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Now, when you leave, um, it'll be exciting and it'll be good. And, um, and then you'll be tempted. Okay? You'll be all excited. Man, I tell you what, I'm full of joy. The weight has gone, you know, and everything's lifting. It's wonderful. And then you'll bump into it, whatever it is. And you're going to have to say, no, thank you. Passez-vous. Not in this house, not in my life, not in this place. I, on the 23rd day of, when is this, April? I gave that to the Lord. Don't take it back. It's not my problem. I gave it to him. If it's his, and, and that's what faith is. You know, you'll be tempted to want to, you know, get agitated or you'll be tempted to want to, you know, fret or you want to uh, uh, become frustrated or you want to be, uh, I mean, what, however you describe it. And you'll just have to say, nope, 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 and nope. Huh? You say, can you do that? Why not? Absolutely you can. Why? Because he cares for you. Can you say amen? You want to take up an offering? Amen. All right, let's do that. Amen.